Welcome to Prophets and Prodigals, the podcast where we explore the walks of life and faith of individuals most would expect to have it all figured out. The Bible is peppered with stories of prophets, prodigals, and kings not following in the footsteps of their parents or tripping up quite a bit along the way, proof that sin nor faith is genetic. Despite this, there is a misconception that many children of ministers, missionaries, and other followers of Christ have got it all figured out. In this podcast, we'll chat with individuals who have lived starkly different lives than their parents, those who felt called to follow on in those footsteps at an early age, those who have walked away from faith but have returned, and those who are still searching. Welcome to another episode of Prophets and Prodigals. Today, I am welcoming my friend and sister, Pearl. So, Pearl, my first question for you today is, what originally connected you to the church? I'd say what originally connected me is um, growing up in it. My parents brought there, and there was a sense of community there, because um, it was a church where a lot of immigrants from the West Indies were new to Toronto, and um, so the adults and their children went there. Mm-hmm. But when I was in high school, I just stopped going to church. Oh, and oh. for my my entire teenage years, first it became, oh, I have homework, I have a project, I can't go. My, maybe my parents were working and I didn't feel like going alone. And then I just never went. But then when high school was over, um, that sense of community was there because you're kind of disconnected when you leave high school and I started going back to church around age 18. Okay so okay thank you for sharing that and what would you say is your because I know you've been in church early like probably most West Indian people I think we start going to (laughs) church early on in our life. Um, What would you say is your first your earliest church memory? Probably like around somewhere around age 10 maybe even younger. Mm-hmm. The Sunday school teachers were, of course, friends of my parents uh, and teaching us to memorize things from the Bible. So I, re- I, I, re- I have a memory of memorizing the books of the Bible, trying to memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, all that. Yeah. And then the 23rd Psalm and the Lord's Prayer. Okay. So that would be my earliest memories. Your earliest memory. Okay. Um, and have you, would you say, I know you shared a little bit about you know, starting out going to church when you were young and then stopping for a while and coming back. Would you say that during that time that you always believed in God or had a conviction in your heart that he was real? And if so, what was it that made him real to you? And if not, you can share a little bit about that as well. I'd say when I stopped going, to be honest, like I was, that was from age 14 to 18. Mm -hmm. I don't recall praying or talking to God or anything like that. If we did, it might have been, you know, before we eat or at Christmas time or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think then I started reconnecting with God when I started going back to church at age 18. And then I made my own decision around age 22. 
So from like age 18 or 19 up till 22, I was going to church of my own decision. Right. And unfortunately, when you have problems, that's when you reach out to God, right? So (laughs) school was really hard. I was in college and praying that God would help me pass my exams and pass the program and then started going to church. But then the more I learned and the more messages that were being taught and preached, there was a time where I decided, no, I'm going to, I've never really made a commitment between myself and God. It's just been me going because my parents made me go. Right. So it was around 22 that I made my own decision that this is between me and God. Okay. And what is your relationship with God like right now? And how would you say that relationship has changed over the course of your life? Right now, it's that I focus on me and God and what the scriptures say. And the way it has changed is that I've discovered new information. I never studied world religion, but um, so there was a lot of things that other people knew that I didn't know. For example, when we talk about the topic paganism, I didn't know what paganism was until maybe two, three years ago. And I felt a little bad that I didn't know that. I felt like, oh my gosh, how come I didn't know about this? Um, But I find that sometimes it's a bit too confusing. Right. Um, and some of, and sometimes it brings much division between families and, and friends. Mm-hmm. That's a part of it that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So I even question some things about it because mm-hmm. uh, the, the pressure of telling other people, well, you know, you shouldn't celebrate these holidays, but they don't have any negative intentions when they do it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm feeling the pressure myself. Like, I, I, I don't want any um, disunity. And, mm-hmm. you know. So there's some things that... I rather it's just between us and God and not trying yeah. to tell other people what to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I might have been accidentally fallen into that trap when I was learning the new information just because it was like revelation to me. Mm-hmm. But I've learned like, no, if I share something, be careful to let the person know, oh, what do you think about this? Because I I it's new to me. And and make sure I let them that I don't think that they are wrong in what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's um you know, I feel like really it's between me following what the Bible says in the scriptures yeah. because I like to follow something in writing yeah. and not what people verbally say. Right. Yeah. And also the leading of the Holy Spirit Absolutely. as I try to understand the scripture. So so it's changed because I, I've kind of changed my thought process where I feel like church is good, but if going to a, a group and and doesn't work for some people they still believe in god and serve him then that should be okay for them mm-hmm. even though some say there are scripture verses that say do not forsake the assembling together yeah so there are some people say you have to have to have to go mm-hmm. but if people for whatever reason where they don't like crowds they don't deal well in groups or they just mm-hmm. like to be at home whatever their reason is i feel like that should be fine too as long as they're they have their relationship with God, regardless of whether it's on their own or with other people. And I think that's a really good point. It's that, you know, it's not really, it's not about what other people are saying. It's what God is saying. And it's, and I really believe that he speaks directly to us and that he has a different path for each of us. So our, my path doesn't look the same as your path. My path, you know, it doesn't look the same as my children's path or their children or my parents. Like everything is so different for each person, depending on who God called you to be. And he might ask you to walk down a completely different path and maybe that path will be by yourself. 
and maybe it will be with a group of people. Like maybe it will be with a massive, one of those mega churches, or maybe it will be with a little country church. Like you just don't know. <laughs> and yeah. so I think that the idea that we all have to do things exactly the same is, it's not, I wouldn't say that it's wrong. I just think that it's something that we should, we should reflect on whether or not yeah. there are certain rules that we have to follow, or if the main thing we need to worry about is what is God asking me to do? So seeking him and then him just bringing everything else. I mean, that's literally what the Bible says. So seek first yeah. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and righteousness. all the that's right. Yeah, so seek him, that's right. speak to him and let him, let him speak to you. Let him show you where to go. So that's yeah. a really good point that, yeah, that, you know, as we learn, and as we, as God speaks to us, we don't necessarily need to push that on other people. And I'm as well, I, I would say that I'm a little more careful with that. Like with my children, I don't push it on them. I, it, I think it's about living by example. And if people see you living by example and you have this sense of peace that they don't have, maybe they'll start doing the way they do things because they'll realize that some of the things that they're doing are impacting their ability to have peace. So yeah, so that's, that's a really right. good point. Thanks for sharing that. So, I mean, you kind of answered the question a little bit earlier, but um, would you say that it was in your 20s when you were in college that it became about you and God and no one else? Was it during that time or was it later on in your life? Yeah, it was during that time, like um, a couple of things came up with um, illnesses within my family. Um, I was already started going back to church on my own and I found myself just praying more because I went back to church. Right. But then really meeting God with this crisis that happened and in the middle of being a student. Yeah. And then um, a friend of mine, I reconnected with a friend from high school when I went to her church. They had a special service and they said, go up for prayer. And I went up because my family member was in the hospital and I'm trying to get through school. And I feel someone's hand on my shoulder praying for me. And then it's over. It's my friend from high school that I hadn't seen in like probably five years or something wow. and um so the message of all those years i guess from 19 20 22 plus the message that particular day mm -hmm. made me decide i'm going to i've never made a serious commitment between myself and god and so today i'm going to do it wow. so i did that somewhere around yeah somewhere around age 21 22 and then i baptized when i was 22 and so that's that's where it kind of happened for me okay and so, so that kind of speaks to the next question a little bit because we, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of us, we grow up in the church and it becomes this kind of traditional thing where our parents bring us and that's just kind of the way it is. And mm -hmm. we don't necessarily understand it for ourselves. So um, having said that, what would you say is the main difference between religion and relationship? Um, I think the main difference, at least for me, is... Um, knowing why I'm doing something mm. and not doing it just because the pastor told me to or because my auntie and parents told me to do it. Yeah. And doing the research. So reading the Bible and also getting some historical context and historical books to help us understand what was going around, what went on around the time that the Bible was written. Because right. sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes the answers are not only in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, and so having that relationship of understanding God and his messages to us that we should live our lives right. is is relationship versus religion is I'm doing this because it's tradition and my whole family did it. I may not even know why, but I'm not gonna question it, I'm just gonna go along with it. 
Yeah. That's kind of how I see religion sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, definitely for me, for the longest time, having a pastor as a father, too. It was like, oh, okay. that was just the way it was. Like, I didn't question it because, and I don't know, maybe it's not like that for everybody, but for me, it was like, well, if my parents say that this is the way it's done, it's supposed to be, like, I trust them and they haven't led me astray before. So I'm just kind of doing it because my parents do it and they've always done it. And they taught me that this is how it's done. But then later on in life, and like you said, as you do the research, as you read scripture and as you pray, you learn, it's just, it's so different. Like, I don't even have words to describe how different it is to know God and to know about God. Like there's a huge difference. And, and like I said, you know, for me, like growing up, I didn't really understand it the same as you, the same as I think a lot of people, we don't really get it, but you do it because you're being told and your parents don't lead you astray. Like they know what they're talking about. And so even during the time when I wasn't sure if there was a God or if any of it was real, the thing that kept coming back to me was, well, if my parents said it's real, it has to be. Even yeah. if I don't see it right now, it's got to be real because they would never lie to me. They've never lied to me before. So there has yeah. to be something here, even if I don't see it. And so that was the thing yeah. that would keep me connected. Even when I was like out in the world doing my thing, the thing that kept me anchored was this idea that my parents taught me this. So there's got to be something mm-hmm. here. And so when I would pray, even though I didn't know who I was praying to, I would say, God, like I, you must be there because my parents said you were. So I need you to show yourself to me. And even though he yeah. took a long time to do it from, in my perspective anyway, I know his time is different than mine, but it took <laughs> years. I was, I was 40 when he was kind of like, here I am. <laughs> but it took a long time for me to really see it. And I yeah. think it's so interesting that even though religion itself, I think sometimes we look at religion as, as not necessarily wrong, but as a problem. It's not always a problem because tradition is what kept me in the church. So I wouldn't have been there if my parents, if I hadn't been following along and doing the, all the things that my parents, you know, like praying before you go to bed, praying before you eat, like doing these things in a religious way, I wouldn't have been yeah. doing that if I hadn't been taught. And so that religion kind of led to relationship in some ways. So, so some benefit. Yeah, there is some. I didn't know your dad was a pe- pastor. Yeah, yeah, he's, he was That's a pastor. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I um, understand what you're saying. Our parents are their first source of information as we grow and it. learn, and we trust them. So, of course, yeah. you're going to listen to them. Exactly. Yeah, and that can go anyway. Like, no matter what it is that you're learning, whether what you're learning is beneficial for your life or whether it's not. <laughs> it comes from your parents and that's yeah. how we go and that's what that's what that's how we frame the world based on what our yeah. parents tell us early on in our life so yeah um so i know like being a christian i think a lot of people think you know we are perfect <laughs> i think some people think that we think we're perfect and then maybe there are some people think that we are perfect so <laughs> have you ever made any moves that you regret or that you would think that other people would consider less than desirable because you're a Christian or because you follow Christ? And if you have done anything like that, um, how would how did you handle it? Like, what was your response to how you felt after you did it? Yeah, um, pray, sometimes pray through tears, sometimes please forgive me, talk to a friend. Yeah. And then there's some really good friends who say, if you think that you're gonna be condemned for what you did, then, all of us are going to be condemned, like the yeah. whole world, you know? Because, and then my friend, this friend was really sweet. She's like, what you did is nothing compared to the things I've done. So, yeah. And she's a Christian too, right? Yeah. So she's like, you know what? We can't do that to ourselves. We can't think we're the worst per- person on earth. 
when um, even though yes we're trying to please God and trying to follow the scriptures but we know that there's like um, repentance and forgiveness but it doesn't mean you condemn yourself yeah yeah and so yeah so that's kind of like been my, my experience mm-hmm. and I, I still try I still try to do what's right but you know there's that balance that we need when yeah. you don't try not to do it but don't think that you deserve nothing ever again in your life because you made a mistake exactly and I think a lot that was a mistake I made for many years and a lot of people do is that you do something wrong and you think you can't come back from it and even if it's not that serious <laughs> but in your mind like you know I think that holy the holy spirit in some ways I think maybe even when you're not in a relationship with God convicts you still and you can yeah. feel when something's wrong and you feel so bad and you're just like how can God love me when I do when I yeah. keep messing up and if I keep messing yeah. up what's the point of trying which is mm-hmm. such a, and I think once you're in relationship with God and you do, like you were saying earlier, you read the scripture and you do your research, you realize that it's just not true. Like that's a whole reason Jesus came. It's a mm-hmm. whole reason he died for those sins, like the sins that he knew you were going to commit before you were even here. So don't, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Like don't condemn yourself. We, and I think also there needs to be this, this mentality that you're going to do something. You're not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. You can't be perfect because you weren't made to be perfect. There's only one that was made to be perfect and that's not you. So (laughs) in the right way, I mean, you're just human and you're who God made you to be. So yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true that, you know, we just need to believe that we are forgiven, even if it is something that doesn't feel like it can be forgiven. Yeah. And it's good that you even bring that up as a question because I think sometimes growing up in the Christian church when you're like indoctrinated with all those messages yeah. you accidentally mm-hmm. have that concept that maybe you might be too judgmental against someone else who does something wrong yeah yeah and then when you when you realize you're like oh my gosh yeah I should never think that way and it, it was kind of ingrained into my brain you know yeah yeah it's true it's it's a and it's you know it does it, it, it lends itself to religion like I feel like that's that's part of the reason and so there are things with religion that are problematic but you know we I think we do need to take the good things out of it but you're right like you growing up in the church you have this idea that you need to be this way and everyone's supposed to be this way and if you don't fit this mold then you're not a Christian yeah it's not true at all because everybody's yeah. walk is going to look different yeah. So what would your advice then be to people who are struggling with the, their belief in God? Like just believing that God is real at all. Find an inner peace with the information that you learn, like whether, you know, through reading the scriptures and prayer and doing your research to understand the scriptures, you know, that most of the time if something doesn't feel right, it means something's not right. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling at peace about the information you're learning and you have a, an inner peace, you don't feel nervous or upset or angry, then use that. I think that's the Holy Spirit guiding a person. Yeah. Because I don't think the Holy Spirit's going to give you some information and then make you feel upset about it unless it's you know it's obviously wrong. Like, don't go steal that money over there and I'm feeling nervous about stealing. Then yeah, it's obvious, yeah. right? <laughs> So that's that's that would be my advice because at the end of the day there's so many interpretations and of the Bible and creating different forms of 
whether they say it's religion or not, different various ways of, of serving God. Mm. You know, so that it's hard to know what's right, no matter how many books we read. We get yeah. to the point where we're like, oh, is this author correct? Where did they get their research? Maybe I should do my own research and write my own book too. <laughs> so, so, so it gets to the point where you have to take the information you've learned from the Bible and, and praying and seek uh, seek the Holy Spirit and God on having peace about it. Yeah. And when, and what would you say when it comes to faith then? Because even when we're walking in it, like you and I, like we're walking in it, and we still have days. Like before we didn't maybe believe or understand completely. Now we do, and maybe not completely, but we understand who God is. But even as we're walking through faith, there are days that it's hard. So what are your, what's your advice for people who are in it, but you're just, maybe you're waiting for God to answer prayer, or you're waiting for him to do something and he's not doing it. What's your advice to those people? It's hard because, you know, there are times where people are waiting for many, many years for something. Mm -hmm. So all I could say is don't give up. Yeah. Sometimes we don't get the answers to our prayers and we don't always get what we want. Yeah. But sometimes we do see things working out in our lives. Yeah. For me, I look back and I say, you know what? Things worked out and I didn't even realize when it was working out. It's only yeah. when I reflect, I'm like, hey, I'm not in that situation anymore. God worked exactly. it out for me. Yeah. And I didn't even realize he was working it out during the process. Yeah. <laughs> and so some things, yeah, so some things work out great. And then um, some things, you know, I, I never get an answer. I never got what I wanted, mm-hmm. but I'm still not going to give up because deep in my heart, in my spirit, I feel that God is real. Yeah. And so if he didn't give me what I want, there must be some reason why. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I would just say don't don't give up on, on believing in and living for, for God. Okay, yeah. And it's so true what you say, but sometimes you don't get what you want. Um, and it's true that sometimes what you want isn't what God wants for you. And it's hard sometimes to reconcile with that. You're like, but this is what I, like you just have this desire and that's the thing that I want. And he's not doing it. But then, like you're saying, like, he's bigger than us. Like, he knows the plans he has for us. So if that's yeah. not in his plans, he's not going to do it. And it's probably yeah. for the best. And I'm just trying to imagine, like, sometimes you wish you could have, like, a way to see, like, how would it turn out if God did it my way? <laughs> and yeah. how would it turn out if I waited? And then you could just compare the two. And sometimes you can. Yeah. You can reflect, like you said earlier, and be like, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad he didn't do that. Because if he didn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be where I am right now or I would have gone down that path. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a very good advice is not to give up because it's all about perspective. So, okay, so going back to church memories, what would you say is your most embarrassing church memory? So something that maybe you had to do for your mom or dad that you always dreaded or just something about church that you remember that you're like, you cringe when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I did at age 14, I had to do this tradition that my mom wanted me to do. Or when you turn age 14, you dress up all in white and you say that you're giving your life to God and you recite some things from, it was either the Bible or, or, or from a hymnal book. Okay. And I just did not feel connected to it at all at age 14. Right. And I had to wear an old fashioned hat with the lace. <laughs> and there was some people, <laughs> there was some people in uh, my age in the church who said, oh, you did that? 
we said no i told my parents no and i and then i felt like that all that peer pressure because again i was only 14 so i had to i had to play it off and tell them well you know i really didn't want to do it my mom (laughs) my mom made me do it so like it's nothing like I, I wasn't into it like, I had to try to act like I was cool you know like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like 14's too young I think right yeah yeah my, my mom just kept saying this is what I did when I was 14 like and I think it was it kept out of like a fear too like my grandmother made her do it right so she made me do it and it's like you're 14 you're going to be getting into boys you could get pregnant we want you to stick with God right <laughs> So, so I had to do this thing where I dressed in white and dedicated my, I think it was a dedication to God. And I had to go in front of the pastor and read certain things. And I don't even remember what I was reading, but it might've been like, I think the Nicene Creed. I don't know if you heard that. I believe in God. I believe in the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I just remember that at that age, I just couldn't connect. Like. I think, of course, I loved and respected God, but I just wasn't understanding or connecting. Now I can pray to God on my own. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember if I had my own one-on-one prayer to God at that time. It was just me being told, do this. Right. And I think what I could take from that, if I had a child at that age, I would say, why don't you, in your own quiet time, try to talk to God? I won't be there. Just you and God. Just Mm -hmm. say a prayer. It doesn't have to be a format, just whatever comes out of your heart, what you feel like saying. Yeah. And see if you feel any connection. See if you feel like this makes me feel more at peace. Yeah. Or I feel that there is a God hearing me. Like I would tell the child, I wouldn't say, you know, you need to do this because you're 14 and we want you to stay out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. But so I guess that felt embarrassing because of the peer pressure. Would be. But at the same time, <laughs> You know, I felt like, you know, a 14-year-old wearing old-fashioned clothes and, you know, that kind of stuff. It was, it was not cool and so on so many levels, right? <laughs> but I know my mom was doing the best she could because she just did what my grandmother did for her. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely, I've had my embarrassing moments too. That would definitely be an embarrassing moment. <laughs> Being on play like that. Um, At least I can laugh about it now. So. Well, yeah, you can look back now and be like, oh, yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so coming back, to, coming to the last question, and we're kind of going full circle here. You talked a little bit, a little bit earlier about how um, a lot of what you remember as your first church memory was just memorizing scripture and memorizing the Bible, the books of the Bible and all of that stuff. So if you can remember, what would you say is the first Bible verse that you heard? I think because it was always about the children. My church would have something called Children's Day Mm -hmm. and we would make recitations, like recite something, memorize something, recite a poem, something positive. We would pretty much run the whole church. So I remember that scripture that my my um, I call her my Auntie Rika. She's a very good friend of my parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when they're close friends, we call them Auntie and Uncle. Yeah. And now she's 97 years old. Oh, wow. But she was my Sunday school teacher and my babysitter. And she still has little recordings on cassette tapes of her and I, you know, yeah. either reciting things together and scripture verses or poems. And I remember her telling us 
teaching me something about that scripture that says, suffer the little children unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Yeah. So that scripture, I think, was the first. Because that church always, they were really good at focusing on the kids and making us feel uh, like we mattered. Yeah. So what would you say is the first Bible verse then that you memorized? That I memorized? Wow. I have to go way back into the archives <laughs> to, to remember. First Bible verse I memorized. It might have been like, you know, I would say it's either the Lord, a verse or the whole, a couple of verses. A verse. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's more than just a. You mean just one verse or any like whatever you remember would be the first thing that you knew. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the Lord's prayer. Okay. Because back in the days, it was in school. Yeah. Like, like I remember I was six years old. It was probably 1978. Like, now I'm aging myself. <laughs> but I remember in school, you sing, Oh, Canada. Yeah. And then you sing, the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. And I, I remember the big controversy when they took it out of the schools. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, in school at the time. But it used to be the normal thing. You say, Our Father who art in heaven, yeah. hallowed be thy name. And it becomes second nature. Yeah. So that must have been the, that must have been one of the first ones because I learned it in church and I was saying it in school as well every morning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember when did. Do you remember roughly what year it was when they took it out? I don't remember. Like I know when I what I remember from school is we sang Oh Canada" and then we sang "God Save the Queen," and then at oh. some point they stopped singing "God Save the Queen." I don't remember when though. But I know when I was in elementary school, we sang God Save the Queen. So we sang yeah. first O Canada, then God Save the Queen. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling it was in the 80s because by the time wasn't. I was, yeah. yeah, by the time I was like 11 or 12 years old, I remember that we were not saying the Lord's Prayer anymore. Mm-hmm. So it must have been early on, got rid of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. That's so but Yeah. So that would be, that would be one of the first things I learned, I would say. The Lord's Prayer. Okay. That's interesting because that's a little bit different than what most people have said, <laughs> which I was waiting oh. for them to say something else because most people have said John 3.16 so far, <laughs> which I know is a popular oh. kids as well, but the Lord's Prayer. God so loved the world. Yeah. Yeah, like to be honest, it's so hard to remember the first thing. It is thing, hard to know? remember, yeah. <laughs> that's almost like 45 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I do remember that Lord's Prayer was just like second nature. Yeah. It just was right up right up there, high priority of Canada. Like it was the right thing to do as a Canadian. You it know? was what, That's you what said. it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, okay, so what is your favorite Bible verse um, of all time? Like if you had to choose one. And right now, like I feel my favorite right now. One of all time, and then I'll ask you which one is the one right now. Yeah. Okay. Of all time. And it was hard of all time because they change, but. <laughs> yeah, they change over the years. But if yeah. I think throughout the years, something that always stuck with me, I'd say no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Yeah, that's a great one. Because, yeah, because I feel protected when mm-hmm. I say that. And because of the music, like I was into, I still love gospel music, but I was into it a lot where my friends from church started the choir and I was in the choir. There was a period of time where 
I was just going to a lot of gospel concerts and singing in the gospel choir. And there's a Fred Hammond song, um, yeah. No Weapon. He has a song, No Weapon. From the I country. remember that. I loved that song too. I remember I had yeah. that it was on Wow Gospel, what was it, 98 or something? Yes, <laughs> you're right, right. Oh my gosh. I love that little CD. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that would have been my favorite one of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and so what's your favorite verse, the verse that speaks to you the most right now, where you are in your life? Right now. It's either something out of Psalm 91, because I find myself reading Psalm 91 a lot. Okay. There's a lot of promise of protection and strength in there. Mm-hmm. Like, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Yeah. They will bear you up in their arms, and you will not dash your foot against a stone. Yeah. So, meaning, you're it's again about being protected. Yeah. Um, but then another one, too. I guess I have more than one. Can I say more than one? Yeah, that's, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, the one about peace, having inner peace is more, is very important to me. Um, so the scripture that says the peace of, of, of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Yeah. Because I met a, a friend when I was living in Barbados. She's an American woman who felt very unsettled in life mm-hmm. and was back and forth between Barbados and America. Um, and then she finally chose Barbados. And, and move there by herself like her husband she was divorced her kids and she kept saying inner peace is what brought her there mm-hmm. and even back then she told me this maybe 15 years ago I still didn't relate I didn't wasn't you know didn't relate to that I didn't have anything going on in my life where I felt like I related to it but now I see the importance of inner peace yeah. like no matter what's going on in your world or your life as long as you are at peace on the inside that's number one that's what matters the most so that's why that scripture about having the peace of God that passes all understanding to me, all situations right. is, is very, very important. Yeah. I like that scripture verse too. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, thank you for, um, for just being with me here today. It was so good to get to know more about you and your faith and your and your walk with God. You know, like we were talking about earlier, everybody's walk is different. So thank you for sharing yours. And I just look forward to getting to know you more. Me too. I love this idea. I'm so glad God has laid it on your heart. I'm yes. excited to listen to it, and I'm 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 happy that I could have contributed to it because I haven't really listened to many programs like this, and, yes. and I definitely have never been a part of one. Yeah, I feel honored that you that you chose me. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Okay, well you have a good day, and we will talk soon. You too. Okay. Okay. Talk soon. Hey, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed today's show. New conversations are released bi-weekly on Thursday mornings. Follow us on Instagram at Prophets and Prodigals. That's Prophets A-N-D Prodigals. Visit our website at ProphetsandProdigals.com to follow our blog where we post information, insights, and resources about upcoming shows. Today's featured scripture is Philippians 4.6. Don't be shy. Grab a Bible and look it up. See what is being spoken directly to your heart and reflect. It's been a pleasure. I hope you'll join us again in two weeks. Take care.